Well, good morning. I'm Jackson Reason. If you don't know who I am, my wife and I, Jess, have been coming to Smithsburg for about, I think, about five years-ish now, maybe four. I think it's five. We have two kids, uh, Sarah and Ben. <clears throat> They'll be here later. So, um, this, I, I apologize in advance. I had worked on the slides and I noticed that I must have done something horribly wrong because they're all mishmashed together. So something happened. I'm, apparently I'm not that great with Keynote. So um, I know in the, the bulletin, it has the title Sending Free, which um, may sound a little strange. Sending Send is a climbing, rock climbing uh, slang. And it's short for ascend. Why not just say ascend? I don't know. I wasn't the cool guy that came up with the term. So to send something means to have climbed a route cleanly and successfully. Now that does not mean that there weren't some falls and there weren't some like weak spots where you had a hard time making the move to make it to the next um, hold so that you can put some gear in to keep going up. So um, that's what this mess is up here. It's a bunch of climbing gear, and this is my, uh, I think that's near my full layout. But I just wanted to explain some of what you're seeing before I jump right into it uh, so that some of this makes a little sense. Um, This is what I used to carry with me when I first started out rock climbing, technical rock climbing. Um, I got into it accidentally at a young age when I just went up the mountain behind my parents' house and at the top of the Appalachian Trail, there's all these boulders. And I just started climbing them, Um, some a little dangerously. Um, And my parents just found out not long ago that I did this. (laughs) So um, I wasn't being dishonest about it, but I didn't exactly tell them I was doing it either. Um... When you're about 12 years old, it's pretty easy to scramble up a mountain and come back down pretty quick. I don't know if I could do that so easily now. So anyway, um, what you're looking at here is a mess. And this weighs, like I said, I used to carry this with me to cliffs to go climb. It's 65 pounds-ish, maybe a little less. That's a lot. I was pretty worn out just hiking up to the base of a cliff. But it's, it's three ropes got to carry water. Um, All this metal is protective equipment that goes into cracks and pockets in a rock. Um, Believe it or not, it is totally possible to see a tiny, tiny little crack in a rock and put a piece of metal in there, clip a carabiner onto it, and believe it or not, that will hold hanging and sometimes even falling on it, which I've never done, and I don't want to do. Um, extra gear down here, which is hard to see. Um, this is so that you can build anchors, tie special knots around trees to tie yourself in, and uh, of course, wear a harness, a helmet. Uh, there's some cameras in the middle. I like to try and videotape these things, which always turns out to be really boring because I climb by myself. So that's, that's some climbing gear. It all goes in a backpack, and I've got it up here um, to kind of... This is the largest piece. These are active. You squish them, and they get smaller, and you put them in a crack, and 
through physics, they exert more force. So if you were to fall on them, they push against the crack and they don't slide out. And then there's little ones where you just kind of put them in a constriction and they'll hold. Um, it looks like a lot because it is. Uh, not everything fits in the same size crack, so you want different size pieces of gear to fit in there. Um, probably the most important pieces of gear are your helmet. I use this thing to climb solo. Any Boy Scouts, former Boy Scouts in here? Cubs. Cubs? Hey, that counts. Okay, any other thing where you would have learned how to tie knots? Maybe that works. Maybe the Navy or military. This is just a pulley, and if you tie a clove hitch around it, it'll feed out as you climb up. It hangs off the middle of your harness, and you've got your rope going through it. One end is tied to the anchor, and one end you uh, keep putting into um, the protection as you go up. Now, if you fall, I spun it the wrong way. Like a seatbelt. It ratchets, and it stops. So this keeps me from dying and bouncing too far down a cliff. Um, now, that's climbing by myself. And it, like I said, I started off with this, and this is about what I carry with me now. Um, because when I got to the cliffs, I got so tired, and I got so worn out trying to figure out what, it is, what am I going to do with this? I can put this here. Oh, I should take this extra set of gear up with me. And I ended up fumbling. And quite often I gave up. I'd build an anchor and I'd come back down because I'd get too scared. Because I had so much stuff with me. I didn't manage it very well. Um, so I couldn't send free. I couldn't get up without some sort of resistance. And it wasn't just the gear. It was in my head. I had built up all this knowledge and understanding and equipment. I couldn't make it. It held me back. Now, at some point, um, I don't think of when this actually occurred. I have no idea. I finally got my brother to go with me once, which he's, he does this not as often as I do. And we showed up at the cliff, and we are being absolute um, imbeciles. <laughs> because no one was there. So we were just being ourselves with each other. And... Um, we're at the top of the cliff building a route, building a, uh, an anchor so that we can, um, rather than put protection in, when he would be on the rope, he would always be on the end of it. So the rope runs through me, up through an anchor, and down to him. So he's always hanging on the end of it. So he never actually could fall. So these other people show up, and um, they're from a college. Well, after we'd all been there for a while, they're climbing on a different face than I uh, one of the, the girls in the group, um, she was getting really bored with what they were doing because they were, her friends were just being so slow about it. She started climbing with my brother and I, and she said she had had the most fun she had had in a long time climbing and done some things she wouldn't have thought she would have done otherwise. Um, it's kind of encouraging to have her say that because not... A few months before, I had gone to the same cliff by myself intending to climb. And there were two guys from D.C. there that saw me trying to climb solo and in a very nice way told me I was being an idiot. <laughs> but they didn't tell me in a way that it tore me into and discouraged me from 
trying to climb. They said, you're pretty ambitious doing that. I could read their tone of voice pretty uh, pretty easy. I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I get it, guys. I think I'm going to stop for today because the rock is wet. I said, do you want to climb on our rope? And they encouraged me to keep going. It was the first time I'd climbed outdoors successfully the first time. Met up with someone else I had met and successfully did my first trad climb, which is where everything starts at the bottom. You've got a buddy who's managing how much rope you have. And as I climb up, I put this equipment into the rocks, sling a carabiner through it, and that's what keeps me from falling the whole way down. Made it up to the top. And of course, as he comes up behind me, I build an anchor and we switch rolls, and he comes up and cleans out all the pieces. He got to a spot, and I heard him yell, do you know what this kind of knot is? And he named it. I said, yeah. He goes, use that next time. <laughs> Again, he didn't tear me in two. But then when he got up to the top, he showed me exactly what to do and why it's a good knot to use. So, I had an experience not long ago where I had just come out of um, a pretty rough patch in our marriage and had um, some other things I was dealing with at the time. Um, And it was on the upswing, I guess. And things were looking better and things were coming back around. So Jess said, hey, if you want to go climbing this weekend, you can go. So I went up to the cliff and I went climbing. And I brought my gear, just like I said I have. And I started climbing this route. And it wasn't anything super hard. I mean, it was a low angle, so you're kind of almost standing as you go up. Safer that way. There are some perfectly vertical and overhanging routes. I'm not that brave. So I get up to the spot. And I've done everything right. But then I got stuck. Because I was there by myself, and I didn't have anyone else to ask. There was a pocket I couldn't see. And I had to kind of step on my tiptoes, which is possible. I don't know if you can see this. This shoe, you wear these when you go climbing, um, it kind of jams your foot into a curve and squishes all your toes into the end, and it's pointed. So believe it or not, a little eighth-inch little ledge, you can put your toe on that and actually have a lot of support. Um, So that's why it's possible to stand on a vertical cliff. I'm standing there, and I am looking at my gear, and I'm looking at this little crack, and I've got one piece that kind of fits in there. And I couldn't see this pocket that was up over top of me, and I kind of had to go like this. And I could perfectly fit my whole hand in there and pull up and keep going, make it to the top. I couldn't see it. And all this stuff came flooding in my mind, and I'm talking myself down. And I'll cut to the end here. I told myself, I didn't come here to go back down. I came here to go up. And I kid you not, it was almost audible. Well, yeah, you didn't come here to go down. You came here to go up. I made you to move forward. Where you want to go is in front of you. It is not behind you. And in an instant, everything that I had been dealing with 
was laid out and I saw that God had been orchestrating a bunch of things so that I would run to him and run to other people and get help working through stuff. Not like bad stuff. Just like, hey, how do I do this better? So what does this all have to do with anything? So Jesus' example gives the suggestion that at any point, anyone can have a new beginning. This was, I don't remember the guy's name, a philosopher that actually abandoned Christianity and started, I think, following Islam. I forget the guy's name. I read it in a book by Brennan Manning, Abba's Child, which is a tremendous book, if you're ever wondering if God loves you. Um, I came across this, and I'm like, that is tremendous, because how many people did Jesus encounter that were kind of at rock bottom, or just sitting there waiting to feel like they could handle it, because they couldn't live up to the standards of the religiously powerful So something else um, that comes out of this is we get to recognize our shortcomings and have another go at it. Um, I definitely looked at how I was climbing and said to myself, you know what, this is not working. I'm not doing this successfully. I'm too scared. I almost fell. I actually climbed a route one day and I came back down the crack. After I got to the top, I reset an anchor and rappelled down and found that all of my gear, as I went up, about every third piece popped out and was sitting at the bottom. I had one piece at the top that I was actually connected to when I went up. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I went home after that. I'm like, okay, I was going to go at this again, but no way. Um, there's no rule that said I had to stick with that bad technique and stay with it. Um, what, what in the world does this have to do with actually living since I don't think many people in here are climbers I've had problems being a good husband um, didn't do a lot to show Jess that I loved her very much even though she told me how to do it um, I'm really short with my kids um, I don't have a real good um, fuse when dealing with them So um, I've started recently looking at things that don't work, you know, thinking certain things or or choosing to do certain things when I get home from work. Those things aren't working. Um, Rather than wait to feel like showing just, you know, physical affection. If you're familiar with the five love languages, I just do it. And it's amazing how when I abandoned my way of doing things, and went with hers, and also figured out how it fits in with who I am and the way God made me, it wasn't that it was easier, it was that I could handle it. Um, Another quote here by C.S. Lewis, which I thought was interesting, is friends aren't mandatory to survival, but they do give it meaning. I don't remember what book this is from, and this sounds kind of harsh, but... I think there's some truth to it. We can follow Jesus alone and by ourselves. In fact, I'm sure you know someone that doesn't come to church and doesn't go to a Bible study or a small group and they're trying to do it by themselves and you're looking at them going, you know, this is easier if you would just 
be with other people. Um, but to follow Jesus by ourselves is possible, though when we find it harder than expected, we tend to slow down or stop altogether. Um, I know I have done this, and this isn't just a, a, a season that happens once, and then you're out of it. This can be so easy to get um, when the weight starts piling in, either just you know, physically, emotionally. Sometimes Jesus takes the back burner, and sometimes we turn the burner off altogether. And um, what I'm hoping is, is that I'm speaking to people that are way further in this adventure of following Jesus than I am. I'm just now arriving at these understandings, and I hope you're sitting there going, yeah, this is much easier if you involve other people. So um, is it, does it make us useless and, 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 and no longer worthy of Jesus if we, if we encounter these setbacks? Not at all. Not one bit. Um, yeah. So let's start tying all this together. So in Hebrews, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings to us so so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. If you go to Hebrews 11, um, if you're ever wondering, and maybe some of you are already aware of this, if you're ever wondering, how in the world did Abraham and Moses and Adam and David, how did they get to have a relationship with God if Jesus hadn't been crucified and resurrected yet? Hebrews 11 talks about that. And it goes through all those saints and what they did and how they endured through it and how their faith is what made them right with God. That's what the first bit there is talking about. Um, it's meant to be an encouragement, a kind of a spur in the side of the horse to, to get you going. Now this next bit, I do enjoy that whoever wrote Hebrews, can you back up one? Sorry, I misled you. Uh, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings to us so closely. I don't, it doesn't spend a lot of time on that. But I think we know what sin is. It's missing the mark. It's not doing what you know you should be doing. Um, Jesus gave us commands. And if we're not doing those things, I think we tend to find ourselves getting discouraged and maybe falling by the wayside and not trying as hard and maybe being a little more um, cruise control-ish in our faith. And wait. What in the world is wait? Wait... um, I looked up a bunch of definitions on dictionary.com and it's everything you're thinking. It's literally putting this on has a weight or a burden, an emotional stress, things like that. Um, There is a version, it's not a version of the Bible. It's one man's pretty creative interpretation called the message. And um, it says, no extra spiritual fat. What in the world? So I was thinking about that in addition to this literal translation. Cast aside every weight. Well, I don't know about you, but I tend to remember criticisms and things people tell me. And I have a really hard time letting that stuff go 
even though in talking with anyone, you may not get that. I think a lot about things people have said over the years or things I've told myself. Boy, that's a big one. Making up truths about me that maybe aren't necessarily true. And it just adds up. And then I find that I've been talking myself down from being a follower of Jesus. And unintentionally holding myself back. Or trying to do things that I've been told make your walk better. Well, that might work for you or the person who was telling me, but it's not working for me. It doesn't fit in with the way God made me. Um, I'm, I'm an advocate of, of spending time with Jesus, but I cannot do it at 4.45 a.m. I don't think anyone can. I've heard of like one or two people that ever did that, and they were truly inspirational people. Um, Jess wrote me these these cards. She laminated them. It's uh, the topical memory system. Two verses that have to do with some things about following Jesus, and there's like 54 of them. She laminated them. I've been carrying them around in my pocket. And as I reach in for a pen during the day, I'm like, oh yeah. You know what the weird thing is? Is I do this at work and no one's ever questioned, what do you, is that laminated card in your pocket? Not one person thinks it's weird. Because <laughs> if I'm holding it up, this one says growth in Christ-likeness and love. And if I turn it around to remind me what I'm reading about, no one ever looked. It sat on my desk this week because I couldn't take all this stuff with me. I'm like, but you know what? It's amazing how quickly, just feeling it in my pocket, I remember what's on the card. And have just... 30 seconds of worship time with Jesus. So I am talking a lot and not making it very far. So verse 2. Look into Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Um, I kind of skipped over the race part of verse 1, but um, the writer of Hebrews is saying, if you need to, Look at all the people that did this before you that have been doing this much longer and use that as some motivation to, to, to get on with it. Get to run forward, jump into this. There's no reason to, to slow down. And then he cuts to the chase by saying, but what we're really headed towards is not how great a lives these saints and disciples and apostles have lived, but we're trying to make it to Jesus. And I think he means literally here to be in his presence, to be with him, and to not have to worry about this struggle of this race anymore. Um, And then uh, the end bit here is kind of a little discouraging to look at, but it's it's saying Jesus didn't really care about the shame that came with what he did, being crucified as a criminal. He went ahead and push through with it anyway. Because he knew what his end goal was. He didn't have himself to run through, to run to. He had his father. So the next bit of scripture here, Galatians chapter 6, 1 through 3. Brothers, if any is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. 
And keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. I tell you what, if those two climbers I met randomly, the one day, if they had told me those couple of little things, and I had told them, eh, nah, I'm good, I know what I'm doing, I've got this, I've done this before. You know what the honest truth was? I hadn't actually successfully done it before. I had toyed around with some techniques and things, but never actually successfully solo climbed. They stepped out of their adventure. They'd been camping there that weekend. And they saw me getting it wrong and missing the mark. And they said, would you like to use our rope and climb this route? They literally supported me as a burden put me on their rope, and assisted me with making my first outdoor climb. Like I said, we can do this by ourselves. Um, I don't know how many people here are plugged in with the small groups, but if you're not, do it. As awkward as it may seem, if you're not really into that kind of thing, do it. Because, and if it's, if you can't talk yourself into getting up the nerve to, to be that Um, outgoing look at it as an adventure you have no idea how that experience could end Um, get plugged in because if you have a low point it's so much easier to handle it if you have a group of other followers to encourage you and help you along with it and in no way here I hear a lot of believers try and um, throw out how people should act in like the public Sight, and that just doesn't work. Nobody wants to come and follow anyone that beats them down with like religious rules and things. And it's saying here that we shouldn't do that. And you know what's great? Is I don't think Smithsburg Valley does that at all. I have not ever heard one person here tear another person down for getting it wrong. Not in a small group, not on a Sunday morning message, not in the children's classrooms. I think Smithsburg does an excellent job of encouraging each other. And the good and the bad. So, moving forward. John 13.10. Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean and you are clean, but not every one of you. Um, I like to include whole verses so that they're in context. So Jesus is talking to Peter here, and he's like, don't wash my feet, wash all of me. And Jesus said, you're clean. You just need your feet washed because you've been out doing stuff. Don't be obsessed with getting it wrong, with missing the mark. Um, When I climb, if I'm obsessed with not falling, with pieces popping out, guess what happens? A foot slips off. Like I said, I've never fallen. Or I'd go down later and realize, hey, all my gear is sitting at the bottom of my rope. It all popped out because I didn't get it right. I was so focused on getting it right that I didn't get it right. It just told me last night when she plays, uh, when she plays, you know, throwing a ball with kids and she thinks, don't hit the kid, don't hit the kid. Wham! <laughs> she hits the kid. Um, there's a couple of other people that have told me over the years, if you focus so so much on, on what not to do, you end up doing it. Not on purpose, but you do. 
All right, so like I said, I'm, I'm a little late at arriving at these understandings. Um, and the way the church I grew up in, I always got the feeling that Jesus is a bigger deal than my life may let on, and he is. So when you get to Philippians 1.6, and I think we've all heard this, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. friend of mine, Chris Wiles, brought this up in a sermon at a previous church we went to. And I'd never heard this in this light before, and he said, don't worry about it. Being a good Christian isn't really part of it, because that part, Jesus works out all of the bad stuff in his timing. That doesn't mean it's okay to, to mess up to sin, to do bad things, not at all. But it's saying, don't be so obsessed with it. Jesus is working on you. And it's his work. It's not mine. Um, Look at people trying to follow all the rules. It's not working out for them, is it? Maybe you've been there. I know I've been there. Um, But Jesus is doing all the work. So, if you're, ever one, if you're one of those people that feels like you never get it right, don't worry about it. Get on with following Jesus and doing what he said because he's going to do that work in you and he'll bring it to completion. All right. Wow, I'm really cutting it close here. So 1 John 3.20. Anybody ever read 1 John? It's a tremendous, tremendous book. Um, But if you're one of those people that has an internal conscience that just seems to cut you down on the inside, which I am one of them, um, it can be a little overwhelming because it constantly talks about what people who love God do. And then at verse 20, this comes out. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and he knows everything. Coming down from a bad climb, you know, just didn't do well, was hoping I would do something a little harder when I'm by myself. I don't have anyone to talk about it with. No one else to go, hey, grab that. No one else to say, hey, next time, try altering left, then right. That way you're on top. You're never so bad. You never get it so wrong that God doesn't love you anymore. That plain and simple. Uh, I heard it said once that Jesus is a better savior than we are a sinner, which sounds kind of humorous and absurd. So you can try to be the worst person on earth and you can't out-sin his grace. And don't try that. All right, so let's wrap this up. So some questions we can ask ourselves when we don't feel like we're doing good enough or, or the, what we've been doing maybe feels like it's not working. Why do I feel like I'm getting further and further away from my creator, from God, from my relationship with him? And I'm trying all this great stuff. Well, let's think about this. So 
what prevents me from following Jesus? I think first and foremost, for a non-follower, someone who doesn't follow Jesus and someone who is following Jesus, if you're ever struggling with something, I think the first thing to do is to deal with the Jesus part of it first. How are me and him? What's holding me back? If there was something between me and Jesus, what is that thing? Is it a thought? Is it an activity? Is it a hobby? Is it an addiction? What is it? It could be anything. Or it could just be, uh, you know, something, anything outside of that. What slows me down and creates a struggle in following Jesus? Um, this is where the weight comes in. Why is it all of a sudden feeling so hard? Ever tell someone, hey, yeah, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm fine. You're chuckling because you know what I mean. So you're not fine. Maybe you're more than fine. Tell them that. Or maybe you're less than fine. You don't have to spill the beans right there. Like, uh, week's been better. Let some of that weight go. Or in a small group, tell someone, you know what? I'm not getting it. This isn't making sense anymore. I feel like throwing in the towel. Let that weight go and let the others around you help in carrying, carrying through it. Right, this is a big one I kind of skipped over earlier. Who around me cares and have I withdrawn from them? You want to know if how well you're doing in following Jesus? And I, I say that lightly. I don't mean to actually keep score. I don't think that's worth it. But who around me cares and have I withdrawn from them? When Jess and I's marriage started to have hit some really rough spots, and it wasn't anything bad, it was just we were being really selfish. We weren't listening to each other. I withdrew. I'm not going to lie. I isolated myself on purpose because it made me feel good. It didn't make Jess feel good. It didn't make the kids feel good. And I told Jesus, I don't give a darn. That may not have been the words I used. It took me finally finding someone that I knew could share the burden with me. Happened to be my dad. I think that's the first time I felt some sort of spiritual power after a prayer. And I was able to move out from under that weight and carry on. It was a little rough going. But as soon as I started to plug back in with Jess and be married to her again, not that I ever wasn't, it got easier, even though it was still so bad. And I have tried to do little bits of that every day. Um, some days are better than others. Some days I could really do a better job. All right, last two thoughts. I am free to follow Jesus how he made me. There isn't a set of rules to being a follower of Jesus. There are the commands Jesus gave, and those are super important. But, like I said, if, if getting up at 4.45 in the morning isn't going to work for you because you fall asleep during it, that's probably not a good time. Does that mean you can't get there? No. I don't know how you get there, but don't ask me. But I love rock climbing. I love talking about Jesus with people. 
I love music, playing music, writing music. I love art. And I'm pretty certain that all that plugs into following Jesus. Who are you? How did God make you? What are your passions and desires? What did he create you for? I'm pretty certain that if you're struggling with following Jesus, maybe you are, maybe you aren't, and you're wondering where to start off on, I'm not one for uh, you know, a 10-step program, but maybe start here. How did he make me? Because he made you exactly the way he wanted you. He made me exactly the way he wanted me. And then lastly, Jesus hasn't given up on me and I shouldn't either. If I had given up in the middle of trying to figure out exactly how to rock climb technically, technical rock climbing, I mean, I got down off the cliff every time. We're probably talking maybe eight or nine times of trying to do this, and we're talking hours on end at the cliff. If I had talked myself down and listened to me, I'd be a pretty unhappy person because I love adventure. And I've had the privilege of taking a couple of people, one of them's Jess, with some random strangers. And I've had the privilege of meeting up with people and having of an experience with them and actually on more than one occasion got to share Jesus' message with them. So if you think you're down and out, not doing good enough, don't worry about it. Jesus is still counting on you. He's still right there with you. Always has been. Um, Real quick, and I promise I'm done. I'd like to read uh, Hebrews 12 from the message. Um, I don't recommend the message as an actual Bible translation, but some points. I think um, the way that the guy wrote them sounds good. So this is Hebrews 12. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on. It means we better get on with it. Strip down and start running and never quit. No extra spiritual fat. No parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever, and now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item. That long litany of hostility he plowed through and that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Don't slow down. Find people to, to, to follow Jesus with because we're made for each other. Um, Let me pray, and uh, we're done. Thank you, Father, so much for this time this morning. Thank you for everyone that could be here. Thank you for Michael coming to share about India. God, I ask that you would encourage us to keep running hard after you. No matter what, 
Thank you so much for scripture and making yourself known to us through Jesus and through the written word. Bless the rest of our days. In Jesus' name, amen.